Hey, everybody. Welcome back to a new episode of Project Tahiti. It's a magical place. And this is a weird-ass episode. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Jess, and I am joined by your other host, Jared. Hello. Hello. Um, we are diverging from our usual recording schedule, and we're recording at night uh, with substances, so this will be fun. <laughs> <laughs> Although, to be fair, I feel like it's okay, quite occasionally of similar substances yeah 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 when we usually record but not not the exact same no not the exact same (laughs) Uh, um and this is like a really strange episode there's a lot of weird so it's a different no this isn't a writer that's been around brent fletcher i don't understand why this episode is so weird but okay it's weird Uh, from the (laughs) get-go every like and it varies like yes it does the the very beginning of it like is totally different from usual, but like, like initially I'm like, Oh, this is really good set design and direction and costuming. And then immediately after I'm like, Ooh, that's some oh, rough <laughs> costuming and you know, art direction. And ooh. like in the same, in the same scene, <laughs> yeah, exactly. like, it's like a stark, stark contrast. Oh my God. Yeah, um, we'll get to that because I think we both have a lot to say about <laughs> the costuming and makeup <laughs> for some of these actors. Um, before we get started, we are a part of the But Why Though podcast community, so be sure to check them out on Twitter at But Why Though PC and their website, butwhythopodcast.com. We're super proud to be a part of their community. So this is season three, episode 19 titled Failed Experiments. Yes, very much so. Um, written <laughs> written by Brent Fletcher and directed by Wendy Stanzler. I feel like that's a new name. Maybe she's done one other episode. I'm not sure. I can't remember. Um, originally aired May 3rd, 2016. So if you'll remember from last time, Hive wants Radcliffe to recreate the Cree experiment um, so that they can turn humans into inhumans. And the, the, the episode officially opens with a native man running through the forest and he's hunting a boar and he spears this boar. And then he hears this like weird kind of electronic noise. This is very like out of universe. So we know something, something alien is happening and he runs away and he falls and then he looks up and it's a Cree dude with a weird ass costume and they capture him. And this man is is hive so this is who hive was originally he was an original originally human the Cree captured him and they started experimenting on him using their own blood well, so and because oh, and because ahead. it's it's prehistory i i found it very i don't know like not i'm not trying to suggest it's like necessarily problematic but it's just, i found it very interesting and odd that He's like it, they cast a person of color to play yeah. this person, and it seems like like you know they're equating. I think because it is like prehistory with like indigenous, which is sort of problematic as well. well the fact that there's like essentially torture and experimentation going on on this like ind- indigenous man. <laughs> like- yeah, but that's but they happen to choose all that imagery and do that. I don't think <clears throat> I don't think there was anything intentional yeah. going on, but it's just one of those instances where it feels like maybe if there was you know. Uh, an American in the writer's room it might be someone like, hey, why are we doing it this way? (laughs) (laughs) Because, I don't know, I've read a bunch of these stories before and like, like literally 
it doesn't look bad or different. I don't think like it wouldn't it wouldn't have changed any anything really in the story narrative to have him look like like uh, the characters in what was it uh, like 100 BC or whatever the stupid Michael Sarah parody movie that was out recently. Like, like <laughs> just have them look like Captain Caveman. Yeah, like, have them yeah. Just wear a, a big bear skin, no nothing ornate, no markings that make make it look like it's a part of some sort of tribal yeah, tradition. Yeah, he could have been wearing like animal something animal, like yeah, no paint, no nothing. Yeah, yeah. think of uh, Robin Williams when he comes back from the book in Jumanji. Oh my god. <laughs> jungle man yeah just like 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 like, like I'm hair, very, hair I'm very, beard like i'm very man. like fascinated that this man is clean shaven with like super short hair too like yeah like <laughs> like, like like with a very like like like, like, like uh, i don't know specific is not the right word but it, it's not like ornate or whatever or or overly uh uh complicated but he has like a haircut like yeah. it's like shaved <laughs> yeah. It's like an undercut. Yeah. It's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah, uh, for um, sure. The choices that they made, and, yeah. but but at the same time, it until the torture started. Just when that scene started, I was like, "Oh, it looks kind of cool," because he because it because the design was well done. I think like like it looked it looked neat, but then immediately I'm taken out of it because the Cree guy who shows up looks like it's like. I want to say like maybe eighty percent of the way there. <laughs> like, but something about it falls short and makes it almost look cosplayish. Yeah. Like although, the things are ill-fitting and yeah. Um, although his appearance in the big this part of the episode looks way better than later in the episode. Yes, because it's so brief. <laughs> I think yeah, maybe draw attention fine. to it. Well, and like, like I, I agree with you that in general it does look better. Like I was like, oh, that looks kind of like Jack Kirby-ish. I'm like it was not like it doesn't quite look like movie quality or or the best episode of the Shield, but it does does look good. And then as you say. We continue to see, uh, maybe not him, but another one of his uh, ilk, uh, Cree Reavers, which I, or Reapers, which I ended up calling Creepers because I'm a nerd. Uh, <laughs> oh and, my God. But they, uh, they show up later and it draws attention to any flaws, which I blame not on any of, like, of the skill level or talent of the people involved, but the, uh, the constraints of network television. Cause like, yeah. it looks, it it's so close. Like I feel badly b- being harsh about it, but I think it's because when they do well, they do so well yeah. that it, it draws attention to something when it falls a little short. Yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah, I felt a little uncomfortable with this opening and I was kind of like, what is happening? <laughs> like, like, why are they like using this imagery to tell the story? And then I, re- I was like, Oh, this is supposed to be hive, which great. Like, I don't know. Anyway, well, because well, the only other ways we know him are through, uh, was it? It's not Mike. That's the. Uh, it's Deathlock. I can't remember his name. Uh, the astronaut. The, oh, Will. Will. You cannot remember his name. You called him like Mike Matthew. Mike again. I think you called him that last time. I think that was right. <laughs> Mike uh, the astronaut. Uh, yeah, that's right. My favorite show character. <laughs> you guys don't know Mike the astronaut. That guy turned out to be a monster. No, uh, like we, we we know him through him and now Ward, who are white dudes. Yeah. <laughs> like we're just, just like not at all indigenous men. So it's like when we see them being conniving and tricky or super powerful then hides a white dude but when he's being tortured yeah 
something gross that's about that. A very and good point. Probably mm-hmm. not intentional again, but but something but that when it all comes together, that might be yeah. why it feels so gross. But also, like internalized racism is totally a thing, and maybe this was done without even realizing, like the optics, because it's mm. just something that's done a lot in art. What? And just like <laughs> the, it, on multiple levels, it's gross. Yeah. It's like, oh, when they gave him superpowers, it made him white. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I, like we don't actually see that happen. Like that's not the instantaneous well, thing. It's, it's still the end result, you know. And also like, the the connotation is that he was essentially like some type of like um, like a not necessarily like a slave, but he worked for the Cree, you know. And then when he finally is able to like, you know, get rid of them and become a leader, like you said, and has all this. I mean, I see him as white, white dude. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, right. kind of gross. Unintentional <laughs> yeah. grossness, probably, or like you said, maybe subconscious grossness. Yeah. Either way, not not cool. Not cool. Um, but yeah. So Hive is telling Daisy this story, and um, they are in the warehouse in this town that they bought with um, Malik. I almost said Garrett's money. Malik's money. <laughs> Garrett is long gone. Um, and the rest of like the Hydra elders are there, where there's only three of them. And Hive is like, I'm so glad you're here, blah, blah, blah. And my gift to you is that you are going to be the first people we experiment with. <laughs> so good for them. He said he's like has this whole speech on how they've been loyal to the cause. And like they, you know, their ancestors are the ones that like allowed him to return and blah, blah, blah. And and this is what they get in, in reward. So good for them. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, at the playground. May is walking through the base and Lincoln is kind of following her, bothering her about Daisy. And she's like, no, like, leave me alone. And he really desperately wants to help. And May is like, no, every time you try to help, like, it gets worse. So just stop. Um, and he no, tries to. Cl- I love it so much just because like, I like. Yeah. It, it's like this episode it, from the second Lincoln pops up. It's like, no, we got your guys notes. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, like. Like okay, we'll give him a hard time. <laughs> you don't need to. You don't need to think of things to bitch about Lincoln this yeah. week because we got it covered. Because every yeah. time we see him, it's mostly May just giving him shit. It's like no, <laughs> like you're not good at this. <laughs> yeah. Or Gemma. Gemma's like giving him. Oh, yeah, shit. yeah, she she reads the riot act later. Yeah, and I don't think it's this episode. I think it's the next one. But yeah, she's just like not having it. I love it. <laughs> it's like in universe, like our our request in universe. It's great. Um, also, so in this conversation, he tries to claim that like, you know, May's like, we're all trying to figure it out. And and Lincoln tries to claim that their relationship is somehow different. And May's like, no, we've known her longer. Like, you don't get to claim that. <laughs> and Lincoln kind of gets, you know, he is, he is uh, very much, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh scolded (laughs) that's not the word i'm looking for but that's he's kind of like okay i'm sorry um and in the labs uh simmons and fitz are trying to figure out a way to cure the hive infection and fitz is kind of like yeah you weren't there like you didn't see like how crazy daisy was this is like you know not okay and Gemma's like yeah i was too busy um having a conversation through grant ward uh with my dead boyfriend so i win (laughs) Um, and I think her line is, if this was a competition, I would win. And it's like, okay, that's fair. (laughs) I thought that was interesting too. Like it works in the context for everything, especially on television, but I couldn't help but also be like, Ooh, a little cold to talk about 
you know, dead boyfriend. I know. Like talking about Will in, yeah, in that in that context. Like that's a little rough. Like also, like Daisy had Fitz by the throat, like up against the wall, like could have easily crushed his trachea. Like, I don't know. Those yeah, both seem pretty bad. <laughs> different kinds of bad shit. Like yeah. one's like, ooh, I'm emotionally disturbed by this. The other one is like, I almost uh, my friend's trying to, to kill death. me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, and Fitz has this suggestion, like, hey, you know, what if this doesn't work? What if Hive can't be killed? And it's kind of like, oh, shit. Well, what do we do then? Uh, we don't know yet. But in the meantime, we're going to work on this treatment. And Gemma suggests that this um, this uh, treat this antitoxin might not react to an inhuman well. Um, it could kill them. And so, of course, Lincoln walks in and he volunteers because he has to do that. Of course. Oh, uh, also, not, before we get too far away from it, not to interrupt or, or confuse things too much, I was just looking at the cast list, and uh, old Hive or Alvius is credited as Mayan. So this specific, he specifically is a person, is an indigenous person. Interesting. <laughs> not not just sort of. <laughs> so there we go. It's good uh, to have good to have some context on that. Interesting. Now I'm looking up Mayan outfits. Because I don't feel like. <laughs> well, but it was thousands of years ago. You know what yeah, I mean? That's true. Well, like, it's, it's like, well, I just don't. I'm not, I don't have a lot of familiarity beyond some probably pretty racist stuff I learned in grade school in, in Arizona. I know. Like, like, I, I got a lot of like really good Native American related education and indigenous peoples from both uh, South and North America, but. I also got a lot of really, really backwards stuff. Yeah, I think actually um, the um, uh, forest home mortuary or like the forest, what is it? Forest, not forest home, forest lawn up in Hollywood. Uh They have like a Mayan exhibit. Interesting. Like I feel like I went on um, a field trip when I was in elementary school there and we were kind of like, why are we going to a cemetery or like a, you know, whatever and we they, we like learned about like indigenous americans i think <laughs> like, i think they just discovered a bunch of stuff about like basically not, not prehistoric but but pre-white people so prehistoric yeah. quote, 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 uh, uh native native people from yeah uh, <laughs> from from uh, the southwest a lot of which were in arizona and like around the grand canyon area that were were called the Hohokam, and they just like uncovered a bunch of stuff. So I got to go to like a ruins wall, like just oh, after cool. they were done excavating it, pretty much. When I was in grade school, with like I think basically every kid in Phoenix got to go like yeah, yeah, over yeah. the course of a couple of years. But it was re- it was really really fun and cool, like and, like very very interesting for sure. But even that, like I you know they they showed us a lot of stuff and showed us like you know pottery and and stuff like that but we didn't really get an idea of what they look like it, it, it always felt like the artwork in that when we did see it in textbooks or on presentations it always felt to me at that point like by second grade i think by like eight i was i was starting to get hip i and probably i i honestly blame it on art and comic books maybe like <laughs> and drawing stuff all the time more than anything else but just trying to get hip to the idea of like this is bullshit because like it, it, like it just reminded me of like 
uh, biblical artwork, yeah, uh, pictures of Jesus and stuff, where it's like, no, that looks like <laughs> blonde and blue eyed. <laughs> yeah, that just that just looks like like a guy from Jesus Christ Superstar took a picture with yeah. a bunch of little kids, and they're like, that's Jesus with children. I'm like, why are those children wearing collared shirts from the seventies? <laughs> like, that's oh not when Jesus God. was around. Like, like, and he's super white. Like, he basically looks like I did in my twenties, just like three, <laughs> three feet of hair and a long beard. And it's like, no, dude, that's not 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 what. No. If that guy was anywhere close to a real person, he looked nothing like that. He'd be Mina, you know. He'd be yeah, a, yeah, yeah. He'd be a brown man, a hundred percent. Like I don't think anyone can can rationally deny that. And yet, thousands of his uh, like most vocal supporters of the U.S. would would be so oh, upset. And like all million. the European artwork is like. It's it blows my mind. Anyway, that, that, oh, <laughs> uh, that, but, but ultimate sidetrack. I think I could somehow connect it back. Oh, I can. Jonathan Frakes has directed you. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I was I just had to give some connection to it. But it just that you say saying all the European artwork it reminded me of my favorite thing is every every few Christmases nerds remind me on social media that they're all like the original uh, artwork of Saint Nicholas is like Greek Orthodox. And not only does he look like he's probably a brown man, and he probably was. So the real Santa Claus also, also uh, not white. <laughs> but <laughs> in a few of these, like some of them, I think are like mosaics, and some are stained glass. But in a bunch of them, he, I think he must have just had like a really, really prominent forehead, like a really receding hairline. <laughs> but because of him like trying to like overly stylize it or whatever, he looks like a fucking Klingon. There oh are, there are several pictures where St. Nicholas looks like a Klingon. It's like Santa was real. He wasn't white. And guess what? He's a motherfucking alien. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys have a lot of stuff to deal with. <laughs> like, oh my God. But that's, that's my last uh, completely... And not to be fair, that was connected in a yeah. very, very distant way. <laughs> yeah. I got there. I didn't just come arrive with, I have notes about it. <laughs> oh Santa, I got to sneak in there. I yeah. arrived to it naturally as, yes. as much of a digression as it was. But uh, back, back to uh, Lincoln being Lincoln. Yeah. And <laughs> ruining everything. Yeah. Volunteering <laughs> to uh, uh, be experimented on. Um, and being very like, martyry, which also connects oh, back yeah. to Jesus. <laughs> oh my God! And he's blonde and blue-eyed, like the the very he's electric, European... electric Aussie Jesus. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> electric Aussie Jesus. If we had episode titles, that would be the episode. <laughs> um. So Coulson is sitting in his office while all of this is going on, and he's using this facial recognition software to find Daisy, and he's like literally watching it go <laughs> face to face, like over wouldn't time. that make it go slower? <laughs> Isn't the yeah. point of having facial recognition software so he doesn't have to do yeah. it? I was like, aren't there algorithms for this? Like exactly. He just like, lets it run and he just like sits back. But I whatever. know the face app stuff isn't very good, but yeah. No, I put my glasses on the other day and it didn't recognize me. But if I have my sunglasses on, it recognizes me. It's very strange. <laughs> that's, that's so weird. I, I guess it I guess it makes sense like because the rest of your face doesn't change and it's covering your eyes. So it's just like, oh, we can't see that. Oh, this is all the same. But the way the glasses like refract light, they either make Maybe. your eyes look bigger or smaller. So it's like that looks a little bit different. I, that's yeah, in, that's really weird. My are like huge. Like, <laughs> have, like my cheekbones and my glasses are like not that big. So I was because someone was telling me that they go like by bone structure. 
essentially. And I was like, okay, well, if that's the case, the sunglasses should really be a deal breaker. But I don't know. It was very, well, that is very interesting. I also put a face mask on earlier, like one of those sheet masks. My phone also did not recognize me. <laughs> so. <laughs> um so great ai is far far away from taking over don't worry when, when um, uh, skynet takes over it's gonna give you flack over and not being trying yeah. to execute humanity it's like just, but you're not on the list it's like I'm just put glasses on her a face a sheet mask and you'll be fine <laughs> they won't know i just love the idea of the big upset you're not the right person to execute. <laughs> like, like it's like we're robots we take shit <laughs> really seriously and everything's gonna be in order i know um, well, Coulson sitting here looking through this facial recognition software is actually, it, it bears fruit because he finds her in Wyoming. Um, but I feel like he could have been doing something better with his time rather than sitting there. Cause there's like a time lapse like thing where there's like people moving in and out of his office this whole time too. So it's like, he's just sitting there staring at a screen while everyone else is working. That doesn't seem right. Anyway, my, my, my <laughs> like instant, like that took me out of it as much as the beginning, which took me out of it quite a bit. But it, it did because of what you're saying. Like, like I, could, I couldn't help but think, wouldn't you have gotten this information half an hour earlier if you just have let the thing run <laughs> instead of doing it on your own? It's like, no, no, I want to be there when it happens. I, <laughs> I don't want to be doing something productive when the computer dings and my phone says, we found her. Right? <laughs> like, what? Yeah. It, no, it was, it's one of those things where it's because we're doing this show and we're analyzing things on a logical level instead of on yeah. a story level. Cause that was all story. Like, like Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, <laughs> also I think like in, I mean, even this was aired what 2016, like even 2019, like facial recognition stuff is so much more advanced than it was even like three years ago. So it's like, no, like maybe back then it's like, we wouldn't have looked at it that deeply if we were doing this podcast just because like, that's also true. You know, like it wasn't algorithms, phone, right? Al yeah, algorithms are so much more like commonly talked about, like o openly. I think for like everyday things now. So it's like, especially after the election, because the twenty sixteen election, just because of Facebook. Anyway, <laughs> um, so uh, so they find her in Wyoming, and um, Colson thinks that Daisy is planting a trap because, like, Fitz is like, yeah. You know, she said that, you know, don't follow me, leave me alone. I don't want to kill you. And um, none of this makes sense because Mac suggests like, oh, it, it doesn't make sense because like she designed this facial recognition software and she was caught on it when she knew like they would be looking for her like that. So it's like, OK, so that's why. Um, Mac suggests that he he thinks that she wants them to rescue her. And Colson's like, dude, we can't be driven by our emotions. We need to be on the same page here. This is serious. Like, we have to find a way to kill Hive first. Like, he's the mission. And he decides to send Colson, or Colson decides to send Mac and May in to kill Hive. That is their mission. Um, but Mac is very much like, no, we can bring Daisy back. Like, there's a part of her that's still there. Um, but poor Mac will be proven wrong, very, very wrong soon. <laughs> Back in Wyoming, um, uh, Hive is judging humans because they're like him and Daisy are walking around this town, which is like very like like <laughs> like Wyoming, like a town like that would not be in Wyoming, like a uh, like a ghost town that was like for I don't even remember what was there. They said it was like a coal town or something like that. I don't remember, but or an oil town. 
And he's like, look at this. This is like peak humans. Like they just like leave them to fend for themselves. You know, corporations and the, the you know, the systems just like take over and use them and then leave them, you know, in the dust. Like we wouldn't do something like that. <laughs> like <laughs> we're so much better here. Um, but Daisy defends S.H.I.E.L.D. She's like, oh, and he says something about like, oh, humans just tr- want to fight wars and blah, blah, blah. And Daisy's like, you know, like S.H.I.E.L.D.'s not like that. And Hive's like, well, S.H.I.E.L.D., exists to fight wars and then daisy retorts with well isn't that what isn't that what uh inhumans were made for um to fight the kree wars and hive says but that is not what i became and i think daisy says like i didn't write this down but she says something like oh the you know the 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 best the best or biggest miracles could have you know were you know brought by accident or something like that i don't remember what the line is but it's repeated at the end of the episode of course yeah and i found it very off-putting yeah i didn't like like that except (laughs) something like sometimes the most something miracles or or accidents or whatever it's just like it just sounds like gibberish it is like like it's it's, super like fanatical gibberish because that's what she's doing right now um but i don't like it (laughs) again there's like a lot of good moments in this episode, but there's also very strange ones. Like some of these beats are just like very weird. Um, And I don't know if that's just because it's like Chloe Bennett is so good at like basing her character and reality and like kind of being that grounding character for the show. So like this, this Daisy, like maybe it's just harder for her to like be that Daisy, like on camera. I don't know what it is, but like a lot of stuff, I was just like, I'm not buying this. I don't like that. (laughs) But I don't know if that's just because that's not what I'm used to seeing um, from that it, character. So that I don't know. could be, and I'm not sure either. But I do feel like if there's just something to that per- kind of to what she's playing right now, but it's got to be really difficult to do. Like yeah, because she's, she's playing- not technically like brainwashed. She's like still herself. She just like everything that she wants is different now because of Hive. Yeah, which- it's like. It, it's it's, it's very like nuanced. <laughs> it is. It's like basically like the way it's described is basically like it feels like they give you some uh, like they make someone feel like they're on ecstasy, but they're and they're also slightly like not real hypnotism, but like movie hip, movie stage hypnotism. Like yeah. like you have to do whatever that person says forever now because yeah. <laughs> you, because you volunteered to get on stage yeah. at a magic show. Yeah. <laughs> it's oh like, my well, god! Is that a Jim Carrey movie? <laughs> Oh my god, that's kind of terrifying to think about. <laughs> like, oh my god. Um, but, but that's totally how that logic works in those movies, and, and it feels like that's what she's playing. It's like because she's like you said, she's still herself. They always say like when someone's hypnotized, they can't make you do something you wouldn't do. It's only the power of suggestion, and like that's sort of what they're saying here. Is like it's what fits. It's his hypothesis, and what they end up determining is like it's like a it's like an addiction thing, not and 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 and, and like suggestion but but they're not not themselves it's it's interesting well and also like when we get to like the inhumans that radcliffe makes like the there is a huge difference between the inhumans that like those inhumans and like like daisy and alicia and how they they interact with how they yeah so it's like i don't know we can talk about that when we get to that point but um so Radcliffe has added pterogen crystals to these DNA changing properties that Hive has provided. Um, he calls it prokaryotic, blah, 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 which <laughs> basically Hive was like the original. So that's why. Um, 
and Hive is having this villain monologue and Radcliffe interrupts and he's like, can I start now? <laughs> Which is like, I'm so glad we have another character like this that just like, again, grounds the show. It's like a hunter or like Max started filling that role. Um, so glad to have another character to do that, especially on the bad guy side. Um, and he administers the drug to these Hydra people and they fucking melt, like literally melt. And I did not remember them showing this on like camera. Like... <laughs> And it was horrifying. It was like awful. And when I was looking at photo, I was looking at the Wikipedia um, for this episode and there's like images of it everywhere of like the melted <laughs> dude, like half melted on the gurney. And I was like, oh my God. Like, yeah, I think fuck? that's, I think that honestly, that might be part of why we were so harsh uh, about the costuming stuff. Yeah. Not uh, and the other elements, I think are completely, we should, we should have been as harsh as we were about like the problematic or potentially problematic issues. Uh, but no, I I think that it's because it's it's not something that we remember at all. It feels like like from talking to you about it, like I feel like it's like the melting thing is similar. Like we yeah. did not remember <laughs> that happening. So the melty people and and like the weird like beginning of two thousand one, a space odyssey crossed with like uh like one million BC. You know, it's like. <laughs> What? What well, well, is well, happening? And, and, and then a dude from Stargate, but maybe also Star Trek Today, should, yeah. should shows up. <laughs> well, like they couldn't decide who they were <laughs> copying for the ancient Cree. I just dropped the photo of the melted dude into the Discord. <laughs> the way the shadows when I was looking for the, the way the shadows and the way the meltiness and the way everything looks, it almost looks like some sort of weird zombie version of uh, who's the guy Evan Peel the uh. The uh, what uh, like the like the pink skinned uh, Yoda looking Jedi? <laughs> it looks oh like, yeah yeah yeah. On um, my computer, it looks like a de- decayed. Yeah. Evan well, Peter. I like how there's like a bunch of fluid on the floor that's like barely peeking out from. Oh, I can totally it's see so it now. Gross. You say that it looks very viscous. Yeah, we we, we got to post that <laughs> like, to the account and gross like, everything out. Oh, that guy was made of. <laughs> Pickle brine. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll post that as the but why though, like why photo. I don't <laughs> think, like, like I don't think there's any way, but that liquid would be the only would come out that yeah. way. No, like it's like, it's like, oh, his pancreas burst. Everything else is fine. I don't yeah, know how yeah. it got out. Yeah. <laughs> like, That's so crazy. Yeah. But it else, looks like, really good. Oh. Like, no, it is. It's good special effects. But it's I gross. think for what it was, there's <laughs> another moment. I can't remember if it's this episode or the next one, but it, but, but but when we get to it, it, had really good special effects. I was like, hey, yeah, I like this. <laughs> it makes up for chin strap, <laughs> right? Well, luckily the chin strap um is is killed in this episode. So we don't yeah, really, he, we don't have to deal with it. him for much longer. <laughs> the creepers don't make it. You guys also don't have to do with the <laughs> slash chin strap. <laughs> I believe that His was outfit <laughs> reminds me of like a wrestler, like the no, strap. I, I believe he was credited as uh, Creever Chinstrap, and that is his wrestling persona. He's a, uh... <laughs> oh. so if they were a tag team, <laughs> a tag team wrestling group called Creever and Chinstrap, I believe it. <laughs> oh, oh my god, um, where are we? <laughs> <laughs> So we're at the playground, and there, uh, Coulson has told them to prepare for war, essentially, with Griever and Shinstrap. They haven't appeared yet, but they will. They, they don't know it yet. 
<laughs> and um, we have Agent Piper, who we were trying, we were discussing off pod, like if she's been in an episode before, but she definitely hasn't had a speaking role before. So this is her first episode with a speaking role. Um, and Piper plays a much more prom- prominent role in season five and season six. Um, but she is played by Brianna Venskis. Um, and I'm, I believe she is a queer lady in real life. Um, I don't know if she's portrayed like that on the show, but it's great. <laughs> and she, and she like graduates to like an actual, uh, like recurring, recurring character. Yeah. This is your, this is your very first appearance. As you said, uh, oh, cool. I, I couldn't tell. I, I think maybe the guy she's kind of partnered with, maybe he appeared before. We definitely get, get reappearances of people who appeared before her later <laughs> but i so i couldn't i, I think I, I just couldn't determine if she if, if if she was a background agent who they brought back because they do bring yeah. bring people back and this is a step above that this is like a it's not like it's not an extra but because like you said she has a speaking part but she's also not a featured you know uh yeah. guest guest actor either it's it seems like at, at this stage but she appears in quite a few episodes over the next several seasons and to the court to the, to the point where season six was an abbreviated one, so she's pretty much in she's in almost all of them. Yeah, she's become, she's become a, a main character, which is pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, it is cool. Um, and her uh, counterpart uh, is married to the other dude. I can never remember his name. The tall white dude that she's always with in season six. Yes, Davis. Yeah, Davis. He's married to Deacon Lockman, correct? Yes, yes. That's that's and why he came up like, earlier. They're like friends with Mo and um, Jed. Like they hang out all the time. Like they're always on Mo's Instagram because their kids are around the same age. I think. But yeah, I think that is who I was thinking. Is he doesn't oh, actually reappear until season four, but he mm-hmm. first appeared in season one. Dave, they they put Davis in in season one, possibly because they already knew him through dyke and lockman yeah because uh they all work together on dollhouse oh that's right that's right i feel like we talked about this before i believe we did because <laughs> okay. what's his name the guy with the really i i'm going to i would butcher his name so um, it's gonna be like paul z but the guy who the guy who played Sousa <laughs> on uh on agent carter oh, okay yeah he was on dollhouse as well oh. and i think it was their association you know uh, them being familiar with his work that led to uh casting him as well he, he's really cool. good yeah yeah i like him I'm... and and hilo was on uh, dollhouse. Oh, that's right. <laughs> our battle star podcast and who we who we fan cast in as <laughs> uh as ian's brother brian <laughs> God. Still, still my head cannon. Yep, yep. He's he's in a maybe now non-existent subsection of the MCU. Yeah, Brian Quinn and uh, Lloyd Rathman are hanging out somewhere. Uh, They're hanging out in like abandoned Hydra stuff. Yeah, <laughs> like they've yeah. just they've taken taken over. Yeah, because <laughs> everybody's dead now. <laughs> they've all melted. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's a perfect opportunity for them to jump in and take control. Yeah, I do um, like that, like. Because there was the potential for these ex- in this experiment that they'd get some superpowers, yeah. And instead, like their white <laughs> that privilege sucks. Instead, generation. But but to be fair, like there's something poetic about it. they get not just the generational beneficiaries of like centuries, if not longer, of white uh, supremacy, mm-hmm. but specifically those who were a part of a formerly Nazi based yeah. <laughs> like devil 
not like devil, devil worshiping, worshiping like actual devil worshipers <laughs> who are just nihilists uh and and trying to get a go, get a reaction out of people yeah. um, but like like re- worshiping an actual evil entity like him yeah. like like and and just like part of a worldwide conspiracy that for generations fucked with people across the country and across the globe like mm-hmm. i feel like them getting melted could that have been intentional? <laughs> that was their reward. <laughs> well, just because specifically, he's like, you know, this is the reward for your generations, your family's yeah. generations well, of service. And it's funny because I took that because I knew it was going to happen. Like I knew that like going to live. So like when I was watching this, I took that as like, oh, like he's fucking with them. But really, like they thought they were going to get powers. Like I don't even yeah, his, think about that. His, <laughs> his best case scenario was, I'm going to get a bunch of Inhumans that'll do what I say. Yeah, because cool they powers. don't know that. <laughs> But instead, as we're going to find out soon, they turn into a melty dude you described. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So meanwhile, or anyway, we're at the playground. They are loading up tons of weapons to go kill Hive. And um, Mac is talking to our new agent, Piper. And he's like, blah, blah, blah. Like, you can use all of these, but you got to use these and blah, blah, blah. And then um, I think, I don't know if she says it or if the guy that's standing next to her is like, what's the cavalry going to take? And she's like, I'll take a gun if I need it. Her typical line. And Mac is like, no, you're taking a gun. We are not leaving this to chance. (laughs) And May is like, why are you being so intense? And Mac, of course, feels responsible for Daisy's situation. And May is like super annoyed that everyone, meaning Mac and Lincoln, are uh, seem to be making Daisy's condition like about them. Um, and it seems in, like- in, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, I, and I feel like some of that's residual because of the way Colson's been, and he's better now. He yeah. he doesn't do it anymore. But it's just like, guys, let. Daisy be a fucking person yeah. <laughs> like, like stop being responsible yeah. and it's, it's, for all three of those guys it's out of love but it's also very patronizing yes yeah. <laughs> both those guys yeah. condescending and patronizing patronizing yeah. it, it's yeah. a big move it's not intentional but it's like still it's like none of them are her dads no. none of them are her guardians or protectors yeah. like she's pretty fucking badass and smarter than all of them <laughs> so yeah. shut up and they're none of them are dumb even dr stupid (laughs) oh yeah we'll get to that in a second because there is a line (laughs) right after um (laughs) so uh mac seems like so anyway may is like look you can't make this about her this has to be about the mission and mac is like well now i'm going what does he say he's like uh i need to i need to make this right or i need to like I forget what he says but essentially he's going down a revenge hole so yeah and he's like he's like i was her partner and like, it's like, dude, yeah, and you guys are really good but friends. He was injured. Too. Shut up. Like, <laughs> yeah, so like, like, nothing, nothing he could have done. I, yeah, I'd play the. Uh, she's my friend. I really care about her card more than it, her partner. It, it, but but I, I feel like that's because he is coming up with BS justification, like you said, because it's really just revenge. Because he does yeah. care about her, mm-hmm. and he doesn't want to say that. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Because uh, he's a good dude and he wants to fight. Balance? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I think that's fair. It's like, like they nobody, don't have that at all. So I don't know why. Them do, but they all get really pissy when they notice it being a problem with the other ones. Oh, it's yeah. Like, absolutely. Especially Colson's my favorite. Like yeah. his, since that first conversation with Ward in season one, where it's like, you compartmentalize. You get too emotional. It's like everything you do, it's like somebody you're secretly in love with, somebody who you think is your daughter, kids who you take care of. It's like, yeah. shut up. You love Everybody. all of them like like they're your family <laughs> well and also in the beginning of this episode like he has that conversation with mac like you're getting too emotional about this but i actually like let that slide because he has realized through like this whole 
hive situation. Like, yeah, he took it too far. And maybe he's like actually speaking from a place where he of like self reflection, finally. <laughs> like, so I was like, okay, he can say that now. <laughs> but before, absolutely not. Coulson is way off the deep end as far as that goes. Um, so now we get to this line that I love. Um, Coulson goes to the lab and he asks about this antitoxin that they're going to test on Lincoln. He's like, wait, how do we know it even works on in humans that aren't infected with hive? And Simmons is like, well, we will take some of Lincoln's cells and we'll infect the cells with the hive, you know, with the parasite or whatever, and then we'll see if it works in there and then we can inject it into Lincoln. And um, Simmons is like, you know, if we give this to Lincoln, it's going to absolutely decimate his immune system and she's like going on and on about how it's so dangerous and Lincoln throws out this you're not the only doctor here which I was like oh hell no <laughs> and Simmons throws that throws back you're being a lovesick fool trying to make a grand gesture which yes high five because that was amazing like this exchange was just like you go girl because fuck you all of this is true. Everything she says is true. And no, it was it was fantastic. It was amazing. Yeah. And Colson's like, Fitz, what do you think? And Fitz is like, well, I agree it's dangerous, but also I it could work. Like we need to do it. Um, and I, I forget what Gemma says. She's like, Yeah, but we, you know, do you want the responsibility? If Lincoln dies, do you want that responsibility? Like, we can't make that call. And he's like, Well, maybe someone should. And so they look at Colson and Colson's like, I'm making the call. Nope. Like, find some better options, and Lincoln is very disappointed. No, and, and Lincoln <laughs> was trying to martyr himself so bad. This is Electric Jesus, like I was talking about. Mm -hmm. And uh, and and this is what you were mentioning, like, her putting him in his place, too. It's like, we get so many instances of them just, like, going off and basically, like, going through all the reasons we don't like Lincoln, <laughs> like, mm -hmm. verbally on screen. That's and, great. Uh, like, like, yeah, what other show gives you that satisfaction? <laughs> and they keep delivering on it because they do it with Ward too. It's like uh -huh. I feel like they don't quite. They don't. Maybe they do. I. We'll get there soon. Uh, at this rate, uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, Talbot. Uh, yeah. Well, like I feel like they, they even before his big eventually Talbot, Talbot becomes a literal supervillain right. with good intentions, <laughs> which I think like is a great description of the type of person he really represents it's like they're they don't none of those guys wake up it's like it's it's the it's the magneto thing it's like yeah. he's a revolutionary grew up uh, be, uh under not a nazi regime for being jewish and and then almost sees the same thing happen to mutants so he becomes a supremacist it's ironic and all this but like like the problem with his the thing is he doesn't think he's a bad guy yeah. So why in the comics is he called the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants? It's like that doesn't actually happen. You know, it's, it's again, it's because those guys who were writing it while smart were Jack and Stan, not literary dudes. Nope. <laughs> Absolutely not. Too fussy, schlubby, nice, nice guys, smart, smart guys who self-taught. But but uh, like I feel like it's it's the same sort of thing with Talbot where he doesn't know he's a, a dick, and it's like like all those guys in the real world who are, I mean some of some of them flat out very villainous like white supremacists and some of them just totally ignorant morons but who, who like who are being harmful but like, think i don't think george right. w bush thinks that he's any kind of villain but he like i think i feel like if someone wrote like an allegory to his presidency and like a comic book type thing he would be a villain <laughs> no i think so i, th I think i think talbot is very similar like like in a lot of ways to george bush mm -hmm. probably very intentionally like he's more military side than the political side but just 
because Bush had the fake cowboy persona, that yeah. Talbot almost is just <laughs> The guy grew up in Connecticut. It's like no. I could move to Texas. It doesn't make me a fucking cowboy. Like that's little. That. But the fact that he is that like his whole thing was like he's the cowboy president. You guys fucking kidding me? Yeah. His dad was like, oh, I'm a, I'm a CIA agent. I'm gonna be the br- briefly the head of the CIA and then become vice fucking president. This is when he was like a kid. <laughs> it's like, it's not like it's ridiculous. I, sort of, yeah, I, he went to Ivy League schools. It's like all the people were like, he's the president. You could have a beer with. It's like. No, he's not. John McCain, maybe, but still an <laughs> asshole. Well, like, 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 I just speak ill of the dead doesn't change that his, the entire time that guy existed. I thought he was an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, grew, grew up in Arizona, <laughs> but but I, I feel like both those guys, actually, McCain might be a really good allegory for Talbot because he oh, definitely yeah. always thought he was a good guy. And yeah. I think he legitimately did make a lot of like good choices over the course of his career. I feel like a lot of people life. respected him. Yeah. And- because of like certain choices he made over others and it's like but still like like but you look at his overall track record yeah people even in even in his attempts to just do good not even in like you know the fact that war is harmful and, and violent in and of itself and, and its very purpose but like like even if he was from a not problematic if, if he was from the least problematic war even if he'd fought in world war ii you know, his political career is Riddled with, I think, missteps that you know are racist and anti rights of women, and, yeah. and 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 just and just short sighted. But there's also a lot of there is a lot of progress too, and attempt and dissent amongst his party when they were being like the least progressive. So it's like I do I think like he's a pretty good metaphor yeah. uh, for for Talbot because I think yeah. like he thought he was a hero and he tried to be a hero, but Talbot because of the way they wrote him and became I think because it's real life and you can't do that <laughs> like there are no superheroes like yeah. like, like it's and there's, there's no, nuance <laughs> there's no villains and like, right exactly guys in real life either like everybody's person <laughs> exactly and i think like, that's where he failed because he had an impossible goal because yeah. there's a lot more fucking nuance to reality and yeah. in shield even though it's a lot less nuanced than reality there's more nuance than uh i don't know uh, Pac-Man. <laughs> <laughs> There's more nuance than Pac-Man. <laughs> Everything we consume at this point has a little bit of nuance, That's you know? Like true. even kids' cartoons. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we go back to Wyoming and the Inhumans are in a bar. It's Inhuman Happy Hour and James <laughs> is flirting with Daisy. Um, and he says, um, please tell me you're not pining over stinking Lincoln. And I died you actually yeah. text me when you were watching this. i did i was so excited it made me so happy and it, it was not that moment but at some point i was just like this is the aussie goofball i like on this show like, <laughs> like and it again made me think like if they just want to be inexplicably australian this guy's a cowboy from south dakota right? <laughs> like there's no reason they had to make lincoln have a crappy american accent that's not crappy but maybe in order for Hindering it to be good happy. Yeah. yeah, I just I, I can't help but think that's why Claire Claire Forlani sucks. I think because I've seen <laughs> I've seen her act in her British accent. She's fine. I've seen her act in a perfect English accent, better than you know people she's on screen with as far as sounding like she's from America, but also sounding like she's a robot. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, it just, it's just like I can't help but think of that every time now now that I know he is uh, Luke, Luke Mitchell is. Uh, Australian. It's just like, 
maybe that's maybe that's fucking him up. <laughs> like who knows? Not know. everybody's the same same level of actor. And I don't I don't know that Axel Whitehead is a great actor, but <laughs> but he whatever this role that he's playing yeah, he's, on the show he's is pulling great. it off. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, so we find out in the scene that Daisy is still sympathetic to Shield, even though um, you know, as JT brings up, they want to stop everything that they're doing right here. And he says, you know, I don't see any way that this doesn't end badly for them. And Daisy's like, well, there might be a way to make them understand, which sounds ominous. Um, but, but her support of Shield and just his flirtiness and his making stupid jokes and rhyming and, and yeah, walking around Lincoln. the bar, <laughs> walking around the bar like a goofball. Yeah. Like they both have their same exact personalities and it feels mm-hmm. like values like like it, it it really drives home uh fitz's hypothesis that that they're not really zombies at all like yeah. like and then they're not under his complete control yeah and and so and that like reconfirms what also uh what mac had suggested right that yeah it was like in, the fact that like Mac and Fitz are both right about this makes the end of this episode even that much more painful because that means Daisy is making that decision to like be awful to Mac and it's like fuck like <laughs> even if she's like under this like spell this drug well, addiction whatever yeah, you, call you it, think like, about it like because they talk about like it like doing yeah. the pleasure centers and stuff and you know people don't you know people say, do say stuff they don't mean when they're drunk or or high yeah. but they also don't especially when you're trying to take that shit away from somebody yeah you know but yeah that doesn't come from nowhere it doesn't come from an evil magical source no one was telling her to say that stuff yeah. no one was mind controlling her or it wasn't being possessed by a demon spirit in a vampire fiction you know it's like yeah it, it's still her and that like you said like that does make it extra painful yeah um i don't remember how this transitions but uh Radcliffe is talking to Hive and he looks very like, uh oh, like, sorry, this didn't work. Whoops. And I was. <laughs> I mean, melt me, buddy. He says something about melting at one point. It might be the next episode, but he's like, I don't know if people are going to melt. Like, it's great. <laughs> and he's just great. I know. I love John Hanna so much. I'm so glad that they cast him. Um, Hive is like super not happy. And um, Radcliffe is like, well, maybe I just needed the right ingredients. And Hive looks at him and he's like, excuse me, like, are you suggesting it was my mistake? <laughs> Radcliffe's like, no, like you didn't know. It's not your mistake. Um, and he says that he needs live Cree DNA. And um, Radcliffe in the scene like reveals himself to be a true believer in all this stuff. Like he is very much like there because he wants to be. It's not because he's being coerced. Like he's like, no, this is amazing. Like if I pull this off, this is like the the most like everything that I've done up until now is like peanuts. Like this is where it's at. This is like real science. Um and so Hive unleashes the Cree artifacts and he's like, well, we'll have to, we'll have to help you get whatever and whatever. He's like, oh, you're scared now. You should be terrified after this. <laughs> uh, more villain talk. Um, on the Zephyr, May wants, uh, Coulson's like debriefing everybody on what the mission is. He's like, kill Hive. And, and May's like, okay, what's the protocol for when we encounter the brainwashed in humans? And <laughs> Coulson is like, do not engage. Um, and then someone says, hey, what if Hive can't be killed? And Coulson's like, well, then run away. So this plan seems great. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is great. Um, and Fitz is worried. Um at the at the playground, Fitz walks, you know, up to Gemma speaking like tea or something. He's worried that she is upset um, for not taking her side. And she's like, oh, no, like if I was upset, you know, if you disagreed with me, like I would have still been with Milton. And then <laughs> Fitz starts going into this like childish rant about like, oh, Milton. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> and um, they're just like being cute and like talking, you know, being, you know, relationship stuff. And this is the second ex-boyfriend she has now brought up in this episode, which I find interesting. And so they're walking down the hall and then Gemma sees Lincoln in the lab injecting himself with the antitoxin like a damn fool. And he spazzes out and he shoots lightning everywhere and fries the computers and he collapses. And Gemma comes up with an antidote and is like, look, we can, we might be able to counteract the antitoxin. Like if we inject this right now. And he's like, no, let me do this. (sighs) Such an idiot. Back in Wyoming, uh, May sees James walking around. He has this very strange, like, drunk cowboy walk (laughs) as he's walking the street. And she's like, hey, isn't that one of the inhumans that, like, uh, that Daisy found in South Dakota or whatever? And they're like, oh, yeah. So she follows him into the bar, and she pretends she's Hydra. And, like, it's so funny when Ming-Na is acting as if May is acting because it's very like kind of like May trying to be trying to be a different person, but she's a little bit stiff and it's a little bit awkward to see her like this because we're so used to her being like stone cold. Um, and so she's like, hey, why are you here? You're not Hydra, blah, blah, blah. And um, he starts hitting on her and she calls him a contractor and he's like, hey, 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 I'm not a contractor. Let me show you what I can do. And so he shows off his powers and she's like, oh, you're one of them. And she pretends to be like in awe of him. She's like, oh, like that's really cool. And so he pours her a beer and, um, uh, my cats are trying to get in the office. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Weird. Um, no, that's okay. I had muted, uh, really quickly and then, uh, knocked over a can oh. and it like, it, made, like a, it, it like sounded like a cartoon. Knocking. It sounded like I lived in stairs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Just, like, kept going. Yeah. And, and, and uh, then I, for a second, I was like, oh, no, like, even though I can edit it out. But I noticed, like, oh, no, I, I was still muted. <laughs> yeah. That <was> perfect. <laughs> I know. Um, so, oh, so he's talking about his powers instead of he's like, you yeah. never know. You might even day. And he's like, she's like, oh, really? And he's like, oh, yeah. Like, the boss is, like, trying to make, a, you know, he's trying to, he's doing this experiment to, like, make humans inhuman. And so, um, meanwhile, May is on comms with everyone. So now Colson knows what they're up to. Um, and Hive summons Daisy. He's worried about S.H.I.E.L.D. and she's still defending them. And she's like, look, I have an idea. I want to put everyone from S.H.I.E.L.D. through the Kree experiment so they can share our connection. And um, Hive is like not convinced. He's like, and what if they refuse? I don't see them coming willingly. And he's like, are you willing to do what it takes? Like if they refuse? And she's like, oh, I will rip out their hearts. <laughs> like crazy. At the playground, Lincoln is like in his hospital bed and he like looks fucked up and he's like, Oh, you know, like we were on the same side. And Fitz is like, no, 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 we were not on the same side. Like you disobeyed Colson's direct order. And now you're So this is on you. Um, and he's like, and you fried all the lab computers. <laughs> and, um, and Luke is like, or Luke Mitchell is like, oh, I'm so sorry. And he's like, he just does these like horrible acting in the scene. Like, <laughs> like, I'm so sorry I did that, but like the antitoxin. And it's like, <laughs> no, no, it is. You need a gravitas of a Harrison Ford to deliver some of these kind of sci fi goofy lines. Yeah. He, don't, he, don't he does not. It. No, don't maybe, got it. Maybe he could get to a reasonable facsimile in Aussie, uh, <laughs> Aussie dialect, but it didn't work. Oh, my God. And so Simmons is like, well, now she's like, I need to get I need to drill into your skull to get a tissue sample. He's like, wait, you need it from my brain? She's like, yeah, you would have known that if you would have asked questions instead of just jumping headfirst into into this situation. And he's like, oh, shit, which I love how like 
at every step. Like he's just fucking up and Simmons and Fitz and Colson and, and May are just calling him on it. And he's just like, Oh, okay. <laughs> it's my favorite. Um, back in the bar at Wyoming, um, James is still raving about hive him and May are playing pool and she's like, oh, can I meet him? And he's like, well, yeah. And she's like, oh, cool. And he's like, well, not like right now. And she's like, oh. And he's like, no, no, no. Like we can, you know, we might be able to make that work. And he gives away Hive's location and he turns around to like go do something. And she smacks him in the head with the pool stick and knocks him out. And she's like, okay, we know where Hive is. Um, and so the team goes to catch up to Hive. But Hive already knows. He's talking to DZ. Uh, Shield is on their way. Um, and... Uh, as the shield team is running into where they think that hive is at, but he's actually not there. Um, that Cree stuff is turned on and, uh, something comes into atmosphere and <laughs> like it, everybody runs out of the, you know, the little building that this thing is in. And well, it um, was the other Cree device. Right. And yeah, yeah. And, it was the- I, I think they kind of explain it as like a homing beacon or whatever, mm-hmm. but it, 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 it turned on what we find out are these creavers yeah um and basically like um colson is watching this thing like spin around and do its thing and he's like i recognize that writing and mac is like what the fuck is that he's like, <laughs> he's like what is that and he's like he's like the career coming and then they're there like the the little thing like blasts into that building and then the 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 creavers walk out <laughs> and they look like i don't know man yeah. Like they've got like weird tank top armor. <laughs> and also, like they look like big dudes, but they're not very muscular for big dudes. Like I was looking at this photo of like chinstrap dude, and his arms are just like kind of kind of small for his body. So I think that's also why he looks kind of weird. Yeah, I think it's why the stuff doesn't look maybe fits right. Like like at the last yeah. minute they had to get filling. Like chinstrap doesn't quite fit. His his body is like too small for his armor. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. He's just they just look strange. And I think the blue, the color blue of them just looks weird in the lighting and it's also like modern day so it looks I don't know. I can't quite it doesn't work. I can't quite figure it out, but it doesn't work, you're right. Um so apparently we find the backstory on these artifacts. They were used they were to be used if the inhuman experiment got out of control. So they're called reapers and they've essentially been in stasis for thousands of years orbiting earth and um now they're here and they have come to kill the inhumans. <laughs> and uh this is the thing that Hive was like, this is the only thing that can end me or whatever. And uh, Hive wants Daisy not only to kill the Kree, but he wants her to get blood from one of the living Kree to finish the experiment. She's like, oh, great. Like, uh, she's like, I fought a Kree before. It didn't go well. And he's like, oh, you'll be fine. <laughs> um, so the Kree runs into Alicia and he defeats her very easily. He does like head stomping situation. And uh, Daisy is in a building and one of the Kree is like going after her. Meanwhile, the team is like watching him like attack Alicia and they're just not doing anything about it, which is like <laughs> kind of fucked up if you think about it. <laughs> it. It doesn't really feel like it's in character, but I, do, I feel like, again, like it's probably to demonstrate how powerful he is. And it's like, oh, he can just stop someone who can yeah. be more than one person. Yeah. So why isn't she doing that right now? Yeah. Um, and so uh, they, i know <laughs> um so they they realize they are like oh this Cree senses something in that building and they feel like a tremor and mac is like that's daisy and he's like i have to go and so he goes after her and um the other Cree goes into like the 
the room that that Radcliffe was, melted the people in, and um, the Cree shows up, and Daisy is kind of holding her own against this guy. I mean, he definitely like throws her across the room a couple times, but she like quakes his spine and paralyzes him, so he's still alive. But now Radcliffe can get his blood, <laughs> which hmm. is great and really gross. Also, I have a question. Did it, I can't remember. Did they mention in this episode? I know we didn't leading up to it, like they, with the provenance of the device, like that it that it was at what, what at the uh, I can't remember the name of their their uh, hidden city at the Inhuman City. Oh yeah, uh, uh, and that uh, James had stolen it. Yeah, right? yeah, he stole but. It. And I we don't know, know if that, he stole it from the city or if, or if he's right. He did steal it from there. Yeah, because because uh, that's what like why he wasn't going to ever get Terragenesis or whatever. Like he he yeah. or, or he found out he wasn't going to he stole it yeah. and ran away. Yeah, uh, and, and they just left him in South Dakota and it was fine. <laughs> yeah, they're like, well, we couldn't find it. We back <laughs> under his place. Gordon, who can find anyone? Couldn't find him in South Dakota. <laughs> Yeah, he's getting mail under the same name, but couldn't find him. Lincoln can easily find him later for no. We can't. We we need it. Reasons, yeah. (laughs) True, but but my question was, how effective was this failsafe? If Hive just rebelled and killed his Kree masters, right? Like like, why didn't one of them go activate the failsafe? Right. Well, and also, like, only that two dudes show up, like, and they were taken out pretty easily. So I feel like that's not really a good failsafe either. Like, maybe they should have sent more. <laughs> also, that's not how meteors work. They don't just stay in our orbit for 2,000 plus, no, more than 2,000. Fucking a lot, a long time. <laughs> like, several thousand years. So, like, like three to 5,000 years. Why? What? Huh? Yeah. And no one, no <laughs> one at NASA noticed that. Like, <laughs> Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. Like, like it's the like a hey, meteor why orbiting this... Earth for how long? That's not a that's not a meteor. That's a that's a moon. <laughs> it's not even a satellite because like you you have to like you have to you know do thrust to even keep them out in orbit. And yeah, it makes keep no them from sense. Falling to Earth. Yeah, that's just a moon, man. <laughs> <laughs> so the cream moon collapsed. The, the, ex- the extra weird shaped cream moon. <laughs> nobody ever noticed, including Shield. Oh, ever. Oh my god. What? there's a lot of holes in this episode but whatever it's still it's still entertaining so this is where it starts getting really good because this is where we get to like the emotional meat of this the whole point of the story like get past all the weird Cree shit and the weird like racist shit um and Lincoln even though he's still kind of around but whatever um so Hive meets this or the Cree comes into the church where where Hive is and um, May and the rest of the team are just like, well, let's watch and see what happens because we don't know what side this Cree is on. Um, and meanwhile, uh, Radcliffe is draining the blood out of the other Cree, the paralyzed Cree, and he's like, OK, you can go now. Like, I don't need you anymore. And Mac shows up in the doorway and Daisy's like, look, I'm so glad you're here. Like, we're going to make you inhuman. And the, they pan into his face, and that's probably the most like wrong thing that anyone could have said to Mac because we know how he feels about alien shit. And he's like trying to reach out to her. He's like, "I know you're still in there. Like you like wanted us to find you." And she's like throwing, you know, she's throwing out all this really painful stuff at him. Like, you know, I thought of you as a big brother, but you can't even be a good big brother to your own brother. Or and like. You know, like you're so pro shield, but like, and you say you care about all these people, but like Bobby and Hunter left, like, because they didn't have anything at shield left, <laughs> like, and just like throwing all kinds of like awful things at Mac. And 
Mac takes his gun off and puts it on the floor and he's like, part of you wants to come back. Like, why else would you have led us here? And she's like, what are you talking about? She's like, I slipped up because I didn't need to be a spy anymore. Like, I have a different purpose now. And um, he's like, okay, I can see that you won't be saved. Um, so I guess I'll save everybody else. And so he throws a splinter bomb at the Cree body and it dies. Uh, and she quakes at him and takes him down and he doesn't fight back. She's just like, throwing blows at him on the ground like quaking at his like chest his arms his hands and it's fucking awful to watch and he just is like i'm not gonna fight you <sighs> and i hate it so much um meanwhile the kree and hive are still going at it and um the team is like wow like i don't i don't know he might take him out for us and, and may is like i don't know seems like hive is nursing a thousand year grudge um and the kree calls hive a failed experiment and he, uh, hive does the whole life vampire thing at the kree which i don't understand why he didn't do this earlier um <laughs> and kills the kree and then they're like oh shit shoot him shoot him and so they start shooting at him and piper comes up with a bazooka and shoots at him and He's totally fine. So apparently they can't kill him. And May's like, okay, time to run. So they run away. And then meanwhile, Daisy is still beating Mac to a pulp. It's so hard to watch. And she's like at the point where she's like about to kill him. Like she's quaking his chest, like trying to like, you know, do some Colson shit, like in a whole other way. And she's like so pissed that he like ruined her plans because this is like, this is how like addicted she is to this to this situation like she's willing to kill like her her friend who she says isn't even her friend and as she's about to like uh throw the the killing blow may shoots her um and they evacuate him in the containment module and hive comes to her aid and then may is standing there as the module flies away and sees daisy on the ground with hive holding her very sad um Back at the playground, the team is all back. Everybody's like gathered around Mac's little bed, and they're just like, fuck, what are we gonna do? He can't be killed. This is really bad. Like, Daisy's totally gone. Like, this is not great. Um, and Gemma goes down to Lincoln to tell him what happened. And he's in like one of those containment rooms. And he's like, why? Like, you, we've been here for an hour and you didn't tell me I should have been up there, like, helping. And she's like, not having any of his shit she's just like no like you're the one who took the antitoxin without like consulting us so you're the you put yourself in this situation like no i'm not i'm not having this um and then she's like actually the reason why i came down here to talk to you is to tell you that the antitoxin didn't work so everything he did was for naught <laughs> which is also kind of vindicating in our hate for him because he's the worst um and that very end scene is Hive picks up the Cree heart as Daisy's like getting patched up and he's like super not happy. He's like, I shouldn't have tried you. Like, you're still too attached to S.H.I.E.L.D., blah, blah, blah. And he's like, now we have to figure out another way. And um, he's like, no, we have the Cree blood that we need. Um, she's like, uh, you know, Ward, this is in Ward's memories, but like I was brought back to life when Quinn shot me with Cree blood. So drain me. And she like, opens up her arms and she's like take it all she's super fanatical and crazy and is like doing anything to please him and it's so gross and that's the episode <laughs> not a <our> favorite <laughs> not a favorite it's like the emotional beats are absolutely there and it's and it makes it really hard to watch because of this just watching like daisy and mac fight is like awful but also 
I just don't like a lot of things in this episode. <laughs> like the Lincoln stuff, oddly enough, the Lincoln stuff is the stuff that makes me the happiest in this episode. Yeah, just seeing him get knocked down a peg by several characters yep. so, so wonderfully. Yep, yep. Um, so yeah, uh, I feel like everything, I'm trying to think, everything that like we could talk about is going to just happen in the next episode. Yeah, <laughs> no, so. yeah, I think we covered everything pertinent and got a little bit ahead of some stuff, <laughs> uh, but not like crazy far ahead. Yeah. So I think we should end there. Just, I don't know. We're like coming up very fast on the end of season three. And honestly, like I do, I really like don't remember a lot of the stuff in this episode happening. Like I totally did not remember the Cree dudes coming back. I thought that happened in season four or season five. Like, isn't there like another like situation like this? I don't <laughs> like where there's like a machine. And I thought Piper is the one that like turned on or something. I don't remember. Maybe. I mean, there was definitely something. Yeah. Place what it is. Yeah. But I did not remember this happening. And I was like, God. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah. Let's end here. And where can people find you on the internet? People can find me at I Snow Nothing on Twitter. Where can people find you? You can find me at Space Jess with four S's in the Jess. You can find this podcast at Project Tahiti on Twitter. You can send us an email at projecttahitipod at gmail.com. We are on Apple Podcasts, Google Play. Uh, If you're a browser listener, you can go to butwhythepodcast.com and listen to us there. Um, or you can listen on Podbean. And uh, thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Project Tahiti, where we hate Lincoln so much and we hate weird Cree costumes with chin straps <laughs> and wrestling outfits. It's a magical place. Catch you later. Bye. <laughs>
Yeah, I think that she um she does like motorcycle stuff like in real life. Oh, that's cool. Um, like she's somehow um in Billy's circle. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. Ready? Uh go for it. I'm going to look up Kirk Vogel. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. 3 2 1 Sorry, I'm burping a lot. I shouldn't have chosen beer to drink. I should have drank some liquor instead. <laughs> I don't um, think I don't think I'm here to be burping. No, it's just like making me have to like stop talking and like pull away from the mic so it's not like super loud, but I'm like, ugh. Anyway, um, this is a great podcast, great content. Um, 